Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Now back to The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. And we return back on the week that was with Joe Palmisano. John Bozica sitting in for Joe today as Joe is in Orlando, Florida, getting ready for the Camping World Bowl between Iowa State and Notre Dame. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Joe takes away from rainy, uh, not sunny Orlando, Florida. He was kind of disappointed in the weather. Hopefully it clears up for him. State Rep Thomas West yes, in studio, though. Thomas... Uh, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I wish I was there with Joe, though. I tell you, just to be out of uh, out of the area for a little minute. And uh, well, you said it's not hot. You said it's raining, right? Yeah, they, oh, he told fun. us it's raining. So. That's not fun. I thought he would have been at the Ohio State game. I'm, I wasn't sure. Well, <laughs> he does love his Cyclones. I know that. I like the I like the gear you have on today. By the way, I know your I know your son yes. plays at McKinley. McKinley Bulldogs. Yeah, and I like the hat. State, and state of Ohio. It's actually a McKinley hat. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm a big fan of it. And then yeah. you have the track and field McKinley hoodie on. Oh, yeah. You know, my son My son runs track. And, of course, that was my uh, alma mater to running track. That uh, was my thing. Uh, three times All-American, believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Now I just run for office. <laughs> <laughs> runs for office. And today we're going to talk about people that are running for office. Yeah. That's, the goal is I want to kind of dive into the democratic party right now and um where things are at and i want to start with this thought is what is the current state of where things are and and where do you think the party stands on a national scale level going into 2020 what are the what are the things right now that need to happen going into 2022 i don't know clear up some of the issues that happened in 2016. You know, uh, let me first say that, you know, when it comes down to the Democratic Party, you know, Jesse Jackson, I guess, said it best years ago when he described the Democratic Party as the quilt. You know, the quilt that your mother made or your grandmother made back in the day where you had different patches and all these different patches came together to make up a full blanket. That describes the Democratic Party, for, in my, my mind, in that you have, you know, everybody has their issues, Whatever issues those are, but collectively we got to bring those together and get a leader uh, and get you know the Democratic Party to be able to address all of those issues. But your one issue can't take us down, can't take us out. We got to all work together to to move the Democratic Party for, forward, and that includes all of the issues that you're hearing all over the news and uh, whether it's on TV on the radio. Yeah, you may be for you know, um, gay rights, or you may be for women issues, or you may be for African-Americans or, or Latinos or whatever you're for, all of that got to come together because we have one big tent and, and we have to be able to mobilize that in order to win 2020. Well, and I, and I think that's the thing that you and I were touching on yesterday that you, you listen to the debates and, you know, you have Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and, uh, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, Andrew Yang, 
I, I think is Cory Booker still Cory Booker still there? Yes, yeah. but it's like you, you watch it, and at first there were too many voices. That was the problem that I had. I still think there's too many. Yeah, voices. there are, there are. <laughs> but the other thing that I notice is exactly what you said: is that everyone wants to push one agenda. Everyone wants to push one thing, and I feel like because we're not giving these candidates a chance to talk about those other large-scale things, or when we are, right. they're just choosing to talk about these other things. Mm-hmm. We're not learning about what they could do for the betterment of, you know, Jane and Joe walking down the street. The kitchen table issues, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think that's what we need to learn about, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, and I think when you see all the debates, how many debates were there now? Six, seven, eight, nine? I mean, there's so it's many, too many debates, to count. right? <laughs> and I just think that, I think that was the wrong thing, first of all, having that many debates. But, um... You hear the same thing, debate after debate after debate. And, you know, they're talking about issues uh, like health care. Of course, they're talking about, um, what is it, um, managed care for all. Uh, what does that say to the average citizen? You know, I mean, I don't think it really addresses their issues. You know, when we talked to, uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, some of the cost of medication and, you know, people that have insurance. You know, people back here are worried about whether they have um, you know, after their, their spouse retires, are they going to have insurance? You know, I've heard that several times uh, over the last month. And that's a, that's a concern. And then you start looking at people that actually do have insurance, and then they're going to the hospital, but they still receive these ridiculous bills in the mail. What's going on with that? Well, because these rising costs of prescription drugs, rising cost of health care, where is all this cost coming from? And I think that's where transparency needs to be happening. And we need to be talking about that on a national level, not just on a state level. Well, and, and that is something that, I mean, I can say I know many people who are dealing with that issue on a day-to-day basis. And mm-hmm. you were talking about a gentleman here and in the Canton area yes. who's dealing with that. And, you know, I mean, I know that Stephen, who's producing the show, has dealt with health care things that have gone over the last year or so. Yes. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, I, I know that that's a big hot-button issue for people. And when you hear, you know, I want to get Medicare for all, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great idea in theory. Right. But is it really, in today's world with Congress being the way it is and with everything being the way it is, is something like that really obtainable? You know, I think I think here's the in my mind. I think you set the bar here, and this is what we want to get. This is what we want to achieve. But the question is, how do we get there from where we're at today? And I think that's what people want to hear: is what are you going to do? What steps are we going to do to get where everyone has affordable health insurance? Employers want to know when they can buy affordable health insurance. You know, the unions fought for years for a great prescription drug. You know, or excuse me, a great health care plan. And they fought for their members and they have that. So they're not pretty excited about having, you know, managed care for all. Right. Because now they're stripping them of what they currently have. Okay. So the, that you got to answer those questions. You got to answer a lot of questions out there. People really doesn't don't know what that means. And you have to break it down to them in simple terms. And the question is, how are you going to be able to get it through the House and the Senate? Okay. So I'd rather have a president that's running for office to talk about the issues that's facing me right now and how you're going to get us out of this. When I keep hearing that the economy is great, but here in my town, Timken's laying off. Some of my union members are saying it's slow right now. Some of them are going over to Pennsylvania, over to Manaka plant. That doesn't say that it's booming right here. 
we need to really start looking at this and got diving into it and saying, okay, well, yeah, maybe there are a lot of jobs out there, but what are they paying? You know, are they meeting the needs? Are they meeting my needs? Or is it just paying the rent? And if it's just paying the rent, you know, that bill that, that's sitting on somebody's desk that's for health care is not going to get paid. You know, and the same thing occurs with, you know, whether they go on vacation or whether these individuals are going to be able to pay for Johnny to uh, play another sport. I mean, it's just basic issues like that that people in Canton, Ohio, is probably going to want to know is, am I going to be able to get back to the point where I can actually have some discretionary money to be able to go down to the store and buy something that I want, right, and not have to be in debt for it? So that that's my thinking on it matter. State Rep. Thomas West joins us here on the week that was with Joe Palmasano. John Bozica sitting in for Joe today, and it's interesting that you talk about that because I grew up in, and I don't know, I don't know if you grew up with the same definition, but I grew up with the Democratic Party being the working man's party. Yes, and, and it still is. And and it is. Yes. But I feel like in a lot of ways, there's a lot of people that feel that it's kind of gotten away from that image in okay. some sense, that it's become almost like this overeducated, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, I guess, <laughs> kind of in a sense, that, that it's it's become, I don't know, that we kind of... I don't know what the 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 right way to put it is. Okay, but it, it's changed to a lot of people. It's not the the blue collar. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that Trump in 2016 very much so appealed to that blue collar person. You know, in my mind, and I, when I look at uh, what happened with Trump in you know 2016 and um, what's going on now, um, people wanted change as they you know always do. They want better, in my mind. Um, they're out there, and they're thinking that Trump is talking about stripping down some of these, um, you know, some of the uh, red tape to allow people to breathe. And some people like that. A lot of businesses are liking that right now, and that's why they're investing, because you're stripping them down of all these regulations that they have to do and blah, blah, blah. My question is, did we go too far? And maybe we need to start looking at where we're at, and how can we grow as a nation? How can we grow as states? Because we're losing, you know, in the Democratic Party, we're losing a lot of governors across the nation. We need to pick up those. We need to pick that back up. And we need to do that by giving them the message of the Ohio promise, you know, or the state promise. What do you promise people? And deliver on that promise. If you stand for the working class people, then stand for that individual. And that doesn't mean that you are, you know, neglecting business. Let me say this. You know, a lot of small businesses are suffering, too, because they're individuals and their families. You know, when they when they're there's when I say small business, I'm talking like the local businesses that you see around town. Right. Those are small businesses. But a lot of times they identify with the Republican Party. Why? Because that's they branded that they said, hey, the Republican Party's for business. Democrat parties for business. Farmers, they took the farmers. The f- Democrats are for farmers. <laughs> you know, let's be real about this. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to start speaking to the population that uh, is under our tent. And again, that's the working class individuals. Well, and that's where I think that so much of the so much of the blue collar, rough, gruff talk that Trump tried to sell in twenty twenty appealed to people and i feel like people viewed hillary as not being 
necessarily as wanting to, you know, roll up the sleeves and and get dirty and go after things. Mm -hmm. And I look at this group that's there right now, and you mentioned that you had talked to Cory Booker recently. I did, yes. And and to me, when I see Cory Booker, I see a guy that's, you know, because I know his background. I know where he came he from in Jersey. City, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still and lives it, in inner city. Yeah, and he, and, yeah. He, and, he, and, he, and he rolls up his sleeves. Mm-hmm. He goes to work. He does things. And I just wonder if a guy like that can get the mass appeal that he would need because I look at the rest of the, the candidates and, and no one really, like, stands out. Right. No one, no one just jumps right. off the page at me. Right. But, and, that, and that's why Bloomberg jumped in the race, right? Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, and, and I'm sure he's probably not the last, but the reality is it, it's all strategy. And can you, can you last? I mean, do you have the money to last? And that's what these campaigns have come into is now the main message is, can you contribute to my campaign? And it's just not the Democrats. It's Republicans, too. It's the whole system. And it's like if you don't have enough money, you know, your message is not getting out or you're not getting on stage. And at the end of the day, you're going to – it's almost like a track race, right? Once you start, you know, if you've got a good start, there's a good chance you're going to win. And it's like Iowa is the start. And everyone's trying to get that edge. And that's where, you know, Cory Booker may come strong in two or three down the road. That's why he's in Iowa all the time trying to fight for that. And I, I spoke with him, uh, the people recently – regarding uh, his campaign and say, hey, do you, do you really got, do you got a chance? I mean, you're sitting at 2%. Uh, now, mind you, I'm not a big pollster. I'm just not that type, you know. To be honest, it, it really is a ground game. And, you know, people say what they say on the phone, but they vote in the booth by themselves. Um, and in my head, if you got a good ground game, and it sounds like he got a good ground game, so I'm anxious to see what actually happens in Iowa. We're going to take a break here on the week that was with Joe Palmasano. We're going to continue this discussion yeah, sure. with State Rep. Thomas West when we come back. Lots more to get to. Thanks for joining us today, by the way, and uh, being a part of this. Again, State Representative Thomas West in studio right now, kind of talking about the Democratic Party and, and where things are at and um, what needs to change as we head into a new year and how maybe they can take back the White House from someone who fights day in and day out for that party. We'll be back. Show continues on. John Bozica sitting in for Joe today as Joe is in Orlando at the Camping World Bowl. Iowa State. Lucky dog. Lucky dog. (laughs) Notre Dame today should be a uh, really great football game. State Representative Thomas West sitting here in studio. We've been talking about the Democratic Party and kind of where the chips are falling as we head into 2020 yeah yeah and one thing that we didn't touch on and and i guess i'll word it like this because i don't want to just straight up talk about the impeachment in Mm. and of itself but are the democrats focusing too much on the impeachment and not enough on winning in 2020 and could you see that being a problem well, yeah. Um, again, when pe- people suffer because of lack of knowledge, I think that's a major thing. And, and when it comes down to that's their job, that's Congress's job. Sure. Uh, when there is when the president is doing an illegal act, they are the check and balance. So Congress is doing their job. Now, if you're on the campaign and that's all you're talking about impeachment, I, you're not going to win. Um, but if you're on the campaign talking about things that matter to people, then you got a shot. Um I will say this, when it comes down to the impeachment, Martin Luther King said, an injustice um, anywhere is uh, 
a threat to justice everywhere. And my belief is that's a, a structure that's been in place that you have to you have to show that that whole process with integrity. When you lose that, then that's when that starts disseminating down to the state level and the local level. You know, all the stuff that people are seeing, all the lying, the I mean, people always looked at politicians as liars anyway because they never filled their promises. <laughs> but gosh, I mean, all the lies that are occurring on the national level, it's ridiculous. And then that will come down to the local level. Next thing you know, you got your city council people and all these other people that are doing the same thing. Why? Because it worked. Okay. That's not what we want in our nation. That's not what United States is made of. That's not who we are. And I think that when it comes down to um, allowing outside forces to engage in our elections, that's a problem. And we need to hold that, in my mind, we need to make certain that people are held accountable and that that cannot happen. Uh, because, again, the next president or the next congressman or the next person is going to be able to do the same thing. Sure. And and I understand where that is a, a huge issue. It's obviously a, um, it it hinges on some of the things that our, our founding fathers tried to tried to set this country into motion on. And, yeah. and you know, you don't want to you know, you don't want to mess with the Constitution. You don't want to mess with those things. That, no. And um, I think one thing that's that's interesting is. I'll never forget when she said this. It was only like a month ago, but it was even maybe further back than that. Nancy Pelosi said that the real focus should be on 2020 and winning that election. Mm -hmm. And I could tell that there was this tone in her voice that she didn't want to go forward mm -hmm. with all of this. And, and, I, and, and I'll tell you, to be honest, when it comes down to anything that disrupts you from getting uh, an infrastructure bill passed, uh, again, a, a, a bill that addresses health care. You know, all of these major issues, I want to work on that. When you talk about impeachment, that's a lot of resources. That's a lot of taxpayers' dollars. And you're taking the focus off of, you know, what matters to most people. Yeah, so, so but that's their, that's their duty. As a congressman or as a senator, that's, that's your job. And if you do not uphold that, then people say, well, wait a minute, you didn't do your job. It's like, the, like if you go to court. And the judge decides, hey, I'm out. <laughs> you know, he has to try the crimes. And that's that's their role. So I have to give them, you know, they did finally come forward with it. But they made certain that they had the research first, the evidence first to move forward. And I think that was, uh, that's why she delayed so, so long. A couple more things I want to get to with you. And mm -hmm. if you'll uh -oh. stick around for one more segment. Sure, sure. Then, then we can get to those. But, um I want to talk about what can be done maybe to start at this level where you're at and okay, allow that to filter up, Okay, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and how, as you said, kind of the, that building block blocks Funny approach, block. mm -hmm. you know, like if yes. you win this, you get that. If yes. you win this, you get that. I want to discuss that. And I think we will in the 10 o'clock hour. Can we break it or are we come on minute? We got a minute. Okay. We got a minute. <laughs> so, but I, I guess start on that discussion, then we'll continue that into the 10 o'clock hour. What does it take to start here at this level and, and filter that up? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, you know, you have to have a, a, in a state level where I'm at, you're looking at right now. I think that's happening. You have a bipartisan approach on a lot of bills that are coming forward. We're working real well together and, and, you know, quiet as kept. 
you know, we actually do get along with people that's on the other side, right? And they get along with us. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron. And we have to actually sharpen each other. Everyone that doesn't think alike. You learn something from somebody else, you know, from the other side. That's why I like uh, chatting with Joe, Joe Palmasano, because Joe, he has a, a wide range of, you know, he's an intelligent man anyway, but he comes with a diverse background. And when I talk with him and I bounce things off of him, you know, he's able to say, hey, no, well, did you think of this or did you think of that? And I think that sharpens you as an individual. And then you can start looking at how is it that we need to move forward as a state and as a nation, if if the national politics started following what Ohio's doing and the speaker's doing, they are in a super majority. Republicans are in a super majority here in the state. They have every major office. Democrats has nothing. But right now we're doing a lot of things in a bipartisan manner. Now, I don't know if that's because of the election, um, but the spirit right now that's going on in the House is a good one. And if the national uh, national um, Republican Party and Democratic Party decided to do the same thing, then I think everybody would probably be eased. One thing I'm going to say before you, you go to break, I'm intoxicated with national politics. It's on every station. I'm, I mean, my wife won't even allow me to you know, turn on uh, news before we go to sleep <laughs> because she's so tired of hearing the same voices. You know, to hear Trump's name is on every day TV. That's not what I want my president. I don't want him on TV every day. I want him out working for me. And I think people are intoxicated with it, and that scares me with the election. And are they going to come out? I don't know that. State Representative Thomas West will continue our discussion right after this. Final hour of the week that was with Joe Paul Masano and uh, Thomas West and I still sitting in studio here. John Bozica with Thomas West, State Representative (laughs) here in Ohio. Uh, I didn't know something. I was looking up something on you, and and I didn't realize that you're from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I grew up a tiger. Home of Joe Willie. Yeah, Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never knew that about you, My mother went to school with him, yes. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Beaver Falls, yes. That's my hometown. Came here by way of Mount Union and stayed. So I've been here all my adult life. I stopped at uh, Beaver Falls one time in my life. I was coming back from Washington, PA. Oh, yeah. And, I know Washington. Mm. And I wanted to see where Joe Namath played his high school ball. Okay. So I just decided to drive into the town, and uh, it was really interesting because they have they have a thing for him. I think it's Trine University that's there, or am I thinking of something else? Geneva like, College? Geneva. That was uh-huh. it. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of another school up in Michigan. That's okay. But I remember seeing that, and then uh, I remember going over to the little high school stadium. It was just really yeah. cool to, to see how the town still has so much respect for, obviously, a guy who's a... Football Hall of Famer and was so influential. Well, and no matter where you go, you say Beaver Falls, you you automatically hear Joe Namath. So I, know, I know. I I was hoping they say hear Thomas West. I wasn't sure. Well, no, that's <laughs> what I think of when I think of Beaver Falls. So um, we were talking about something interesting, yeah. and and we were discussing how the Democratic Party is kind of sanctioned into a couple of different groups, and it always oh, yeah. is. Yeah, that was it. But you have a real crossroads taking place right now because you have a generation of people that are my age, around you know twenty six to probably thirty five, mm-hmm. that are very interested in the politics that are heading left of left. Yes, you know, exactly. and 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 are bringing in more 
I won't say socialist, but more socialized ideas mm-hmm. in that sense. Very much so. And then you have people that are from 40 to probably about 60 who are, you know, still saying, well, hey, there's a middle ground here. Yeah. The moderates, and, yes. And, and I guess the thing is, is one of the things I thought that was a huge problem in 2016 was that the people who were the young, like, Democrats didn't want to vote for Hillary right? because she was more moderate. She was more this. She was mm-hmm. more that. She mm-hmm. wasn't a Bernie Sanders, a, 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 an Elizabeth Warren. And, mm-hmm. and, and how do you get both of those sides to find a common ground to the point to where the party isn't fighting with itself? Right. Well, you know, and it's, it's funny you say that, like, because, you know, when I look at um, AOC, you know, that is, uh, you know, she is energy. She is, she's moving things and she's making things happen. She's really appealing to a group of people that traditionally don't vote uh, and getting them excited about coming into the forefront. Same thing with Bernie Sanders, because uh, he, he's speaking their language. Uh, and as moderates, like myself more so, in that, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm still looking at the Joe Bidens and the, you know, the Cory Bookers and people that can... Um, you know, address issues abroad and know the game. And, and I don't want to say the game, but knows the process. I liked Hillary so much because Hillary was in so many different positions in her lifespan. She knew the politics, but it was the same thing. She knew the bureaucracy. She knew every level of government. And when you're the president and know every level of government, you, it's kind of like Dwine. Dwine's been in every position known to man. Now he's governor, right? And he is doing, you know, he knows all of these different fields and he can operate with them and work with them. And he came in on a moderate view, which everybody, you are bringing everybody in a tent. I believe what we have to do with the Democratic Party when we talk about, um, you know, one group versus the other group is let's look at the best of both and how we can get from point A to point Z, meaning from start to finish. If you can't get an idea from start to finish, there's no reason in starting it. Okay, you may be able to put it out there and let people know that this is what we like to get to. But ultimately, we want we need victories. Um, the American people need victories. Um, so like right now, when I go outside my house, I want to make sure that I can ride on a nice road. When I go out of the country, I want to know that I'm safe. I mean, it's those types of things that, you know, we rely on our, you know, national um, parties to to keep us safe. That's our number one goal as a elected official is to keep the American people safe from hurt, harm or danger. And in my mind, it's whether you're a Democratic Party or whether you're Republican is let's look at the American people first. Put them first because we as elected officials work for them and we can never forget that. And I feel like it's interesting that you say to put the voter, put the American people first. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the problem that we're stuck with at times now more than ever is that because so many of these candidates are so hell-bent on the idea of you know, bashing Trump or getting Trump out of office that they're not thinking about the little guy. They're not thinking about the people that are driving their cars on the streets. They're not thinking about those things because they're just thinking about how they want to be the one 
that takes down what they see as being a huge problem in American history. Well, you know, I liken it to the Browns-Pittsburgh game, okay? I don't care how we do it. We just got to beat the Browns, right? I don't care how we do it. I got to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and or the McKinley Bulldogs versus Maslin. It's, it's that type of mindset that they're focused on winning at any cost. That's not okay. The, 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 the game, the sport in itself, in football is to play a good game and to have some entertainment, right? The same thing at the national politics, and whether you're Republican or Democrat, the ultimate goal is moving the United States forward, all right, making certain that the American people are doing well. And right now, I can't say that we're all doing well. I think we, do, we can do better. Well, and, and when people and State Rep. Thomas West joins us here on the week that was with Joe Palmisano, John Bozica in today. And when people discuss so many things about what Trump is doing, I always get the same answer back of the economy is, yes. uh -oh. is, is flourishing and, mm -hmm. and the economy is this and the economy is that. And the thing is, is that like, I still talk to a lot of people day in and day out. And yeah. I know you do too, that yeah. are struggling, struggling to, you know, I mean, struggling to, to find the next meal, struggling mm -hmm. to, you know, pay their rent, struggling to pay their health care mm -hmm. bills, struggling to do all these things. So, you know, is the economy really benefiting people or is that just what's being sold to people? Exactly. Uh, exactly. And that's, you know, with media, with of course, social media and all that kind of stuff right now, you can say anything and then people start to believe it. The reality is go out every day and see if you got full time people getting met, uh, food stamps. That'll tell you where our economy's at. Okay, and there's people that are working. Yeah, we're flourishing, and there's certain segments of the population that uh, that is flourishing. The economy is great for them, but it's not for you know your average waitress and your uh, average teacher. And I mean, there's social workers out there. There's a lot of people out there that's still making like thirty thousand dollars a year, and but every day you got fees that's in your city that keeps going up. You got. Um, utility bills that continue to climb. You got medical bills that continue to climb. I mean, so everything else is climbing while your wages is creeping up. And I think that's where we have our problem. The economy may be booming in terms of business, but when it comes down to actual workers, that's why it's important for Democrats to really get out and start pounding that message that, you know, it's for you. It's for the everyday working citizen. Um, yeah, we want businesses here, but we want you to have more wages. You know, so that you can pay your bills. Farmers didn't want a um, subsidy from Trump. Farmers wanted to be able to do their work. And how do I know? Because I talked to them. I mean, these are hardworking individuals, really good people who don't care about, you know, they, they care about that going out there and being able to produce their crops or raise their cattle or whatever it is, milk their cows. They, they want to do the work and get paid for it. They don't want to be subsidized, okay? And I think that's when we're talking about trade and all that. we got to stop manipulating the market. Yeah, my 401 is doing great or 403B is doing great. Why? Because they're manipulating the market. We're saying something on TV today that's going to excite the market and it's going to shoot up and everybody's going to win. But wages aren't going up as a result of that. That's where we got to start getting back to. I got well, a little passionate about that. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. And that's the thing, though, is that those those blue collar jobs, those even jobs that, that I guess shouldn't be considered blue collar jobs, like someone who is a teacher or 
you know, someone who's who's in that position. I mean, it's or a small business person yeah, who just I, opened up their own little cheese shop. I just can't tell right? you how many people I know that that really are in that position. And it's funny because I see a lot more people that are my age okay. that are dealing with that, too. Not just people that are older and the problem that we're now having. And it's why we're stuck at this crossroads, Thomas, is because we want to get rid of these student loans that oh, we've yeah, built up. Talk to me about that. And 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 they're getting so much higher with each and every year mm-hmm. that obviously we want to push for higher wage, but also like there's that crossroads there because, yeah. you know, we're struggling then to pay for that plus pay for rent plus pay for health care plus pay for all yeah. these things. Let me give you this example. This happened uh, this week. Uh, yeah. Met with Catherine Blue and uh, a young lady that years ago we did a peace fest in Nemesilla Park. Uh, so she was home from California and she's doing very well for herself and has had numerous positions, has a good heart. OK, this young lady, uh, we met for uh, for coffee and she told me, she says, Thomas, when I will come back in six months, I want to do, you know, X, X, X. I won't tell you what she wanted to do, um, but I'm all in. But one of the things that uh, she said, I said, well, why? what's the magical six months? Why are you doing six months? She said, because in six months, I will have had my college paid off. And I says, well, you can do that here. She said, no. She says, because there I'm making enough wages because they pay higher to be able to pay off my loans quicker. If I was here, I'd have a lifelong uh, college loan. And there's a lot of people, you know, they're still paying their college loan and they're in their 50s and 60s. And that's the kind of stuff that you got to say is why is college is so high? You know, my daughter's going to college right now and she's forced to pay for a, a meal plan that she doesn't even go to. She has a kitchen in her dorm or in her room, so she doesn't need, she cooks herself. But she didn't need the meal plan and, and therefore, but she has to pay for that. So my question is, when we get down to the affordability of uh, that college tuition, I mean, we really need to start looking at that and saying, how can we help young people so that when they do get their jobs, their first jobs, they're not already in debt? Well, and it's, it's, it's partially... Not just partially, it's a big reason why I chose to do what I did with my career where I was an intern here and then I saw an opening for a job and I tried to quickly get in the door. Okay. Because I thought to myself at that time, like, yeah, I want a degree and I still want a degree. Right. But I also realized, like, I don't want Allie and I to both be 60 years old, just finishing paying off our debt, only then to say, hey, john and sue or whatever our kids may be named Mm -hmm. like hey now we're gonna start paying off your debt too you know and 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 it seems like there's a vicious cycle that's getting stuck here and if that continues to happen each generation coming up is going to need to demand more and more and more and more and then here's the other piece too we also gotta remember is that we get in stuck we get stuck in these time warps to where we do not raise people wages who say, okay, well, social workers, they come in at 25, 30,000, and that's okay. No, that's not okay. You know, now we're at 50, 60,000 where they should be, right? Um, and, and we really need to start opening up our minds and saying, you know what? We really need to start demanding what is needed for the individuals that are doing this work. In Canton and Stark County, we, ha- we are heavily medically rich. 
We are. We have a lot of healthcare jobs. Um, and nursing jobs, you know, social work jobs. We got all these jobs. But what's deep about they don't pay nothing. And then people that graduate with those degrees decide to go to a different level. Nurses make a good money. But when it comes down to social workers and people like that, they start going into other fields. And if you notice, there's a lot of people that was social workers that are now doing, you know, union work or something else because they couldn't stay in their passion because they didn't make enough money. Sad, huh? It is. It's, yeah. I mean, it's such an interesting discussion. But it really all is. of those things come back to public policy. And who are we fighting for? Who are we fighting for? We should be fighting for our constituency, the workers, the people that are out here, the small business people, the people that the farmers, the people that are out there right now struggling to try to make it day to day, you know, and, and when we see threats like the raising the high cost of prescription drugs, the high cost of health care and, you know, utility bills raised. We need to be able to start saying it's not OK. Let's start doing some investigation. Let's do some transparency and let's find out what are we paying for and are we getting what we're paying for? State Rep. Thomas West joining us. And this has been a, a fantastic discussion, Thomas. And, and I really I wish there was more of this, though. Yeah. I, and, and I feel like that's that's the thing that I hear all the time, too, from from older generations talking to me, too. OK. Is that there's not enough dialogue and there's not enough discussion. And when there is discussion, it's maybe not the discussion that needs to be had. Right. And like the student loan thing, like to me, that's, that's important that to me, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's like almost number one. On my list, because like, as I'm starting to think now in terms of raising a family, I'm thinking, well, I don't want us to be in debt. I don't want this. I don't want that. Right. You know, and that discussion to me isn't being had enough. And yeah, there's discussions about health care for all and things like that. But, you know, I feel like that could almost be a little bit on the back burner compared to these mm-hmm. things that are affecting you today here and now. But I'm sure for every discussion like I'm having about college debt. There's just as many people saying, well, hey, I'm racking up health care bills out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. And how do I Maybe allow that to happen? Right. And, and I think that's just it seems like we're stuck in a vicious cycle. And I know that not one person has all the answers, but I just I, I wish I knew how we got how we get out of it. But I would say this, you know, years ago, and I know Janet had told me this years ago when I ran when I first came in office, she said, uh, she says, after you win the election, it's time to work together. And, and I agree with that statement. You know, after we get through these elections, it's time for us to work together, continue to work together on issues that matter. Uh, and I think that that's where Stark County has been. And we need to continue to push towards that. Some of the some of the people I like to talk to, Dan McMasters is the farthest right person that I know. OK, but I enjoy talking to Dan because Dan comes with a different perspective. And I learned that if I talk to people like Dan and talk to the other side, okay, we can get to a, a, a world that is better for Canton, for Stark County, and for the state of Ohio. So, I mean, it's, it's constantly young people working with older people, intergenerational. It's parties working together. It's all of us coming together to say, how do we do this the best way we can for all of our citizens? And it's realizing that it's okay from time to time to disagree with each other. Amen. And that's not said enough. And say that again, then. 
<laughs> it's okay to disagree with each other. It, it is, is. Yes. Because if you're working for the common good of everyone, then you're obviously going to get what you need done. Stay Rep. Thomas West joins us. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know you've you've been a hot commodity here at WHBC I know, I know, recently. But I wasn't invited to the Christmas party. I'm just I, saying. Hey, I, I have no I have no role in that. I know nothing. There there might be a present left under the tree over there. Well, if you you wanna... know, let me let me say this uh, in closing. Make certain that you know we do have one event here that's in uh, Stark County. Um, the the Stark County Minority. Uh, excuse me. The Martin Luther King Jr. Commission is hosting its mayor's breakfast, and that's all of our mayors throughout the Stark County area coming together in unity. And we do that at the Civic Center on January 16th. It doors open at 730. Hope you all come out there and attend. You can get your tickets at the Civic Center. Uh, it's a $40 ticket, and we give scholarships out to our kids, $1,500 scholarships to be exact. And, you know, we've been able to put up an endowment at the Stark Community Foundation, and that continues to grow each and every year. Uh, so please come out and support. That's a, a way that we can unite on one day. And who better to do that than Martin Luther King, who tried to unite us all? Stay Rep. Thomas West. Have a happy new year, sir. All right, man. Enjoy it with the family. We'll be back.